Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Howdy all, this is Bob Nightingale. America's so Carl sweetheart. He says what Liam says. I'm not sure about that, but you listen to Pod and Lansdowne. Do you think there's like a hierarchy amongst the toad race, Jake, the toadstool race? What do you think that goes? I mean, you oh, being just, there. Well, no, I mean they're all they're all they're all under Peach. True, right? But like, is there like a capo situation there? Like, um, well, some have like you know, there's named Toads, so I would say those are higher than like Toadsworth. Yeah, there's Toadette. Toadsworth. There's Toadette. There's um, fuck. There's Captain Toad. Yes, there's... Chef Toad, as you just showed us. I just, yeah, I've got Chef Toad here, but he's not. He's he's new. He's not in the games. He's just let a... let him cook. Let, yeah. let him cook. Let um, him are there cook. other named ones? I'm not sure. But um, yeah, I just think this guy's so cute. So we got him. Big fan of Toad. Missy Mopena's favorite Mario character is Toad. I'm more of a Yoshi man, but I like Toad. You you and I both, Jake. I, I'll I'm tell good. you what. I'll tell you what. At Super Nintendo World. Com- completely disrespectful to Yoshi. He is nowhere in that fucking place. Then I will boycott it. I will not be there. He's up. They sell barely any Yoshi merchandise. And the only appearance of Yoshi in the whole park is he's running circles up in the fucking mountains. He's up high. You can barely see him. Horse That's shit. very disrespectful. Maybe if they extend <laughs> it down the line, you, you know. You what can't I mean? even Maybe. meet him. You can't even fucking meet him. That's tough. What's uh? What, what's the noise Yoshi makes? Is it like? Oh, like he kind of no, okay. kind of does like a no. Well, that's when that that's when he dies. Okay, that. Yeah. <laughs> and when he's mad, he goes. <laughs> yeah. And he kind of like, when he, that's when he's, that's when he's nothing. fluttering too. Also. When he does his flutter jump, it's like. <laughs> yeah. 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 His his power kick in uh, Super Strikers. I'll tell you what. That kind I'll of... tell you another thing. The Mario, the big marquee ride there, the Mario Kart ride. Garbage. Really? Oh. That's disappointing. Hated, hated it. Really? Yeah. That's that that I, I was not expecting that. I fucking hated it. But I'm hoping the uh, in Florida when they open it, they also have they'll also have the Donkey Kong coaster, and that looks cool. Okay. Donkey Kong. Yeah. Walt Disney World is officially on the clock now because if they're gonna yeah. open up that third gate there at Universal with the shit that they're charging at the mouse that used to be free, mm-hmm. the the mouse might be in for a rude awakening. Mm-hmm. Liam, your thoughts? I'd have to agree. You know I'm a big theme park guy. You know? That's Lyle uh, Overbay, a.k.a. Liam. We're also joined by You Never Know. You Never Know. You Never Know, a.k.a. Jake. I'm Robbie Ross, lawnmower, a.k.a. Fitz, and this is Pod on Lands Down. Thank you again for joining us for an edition of the program. As spring training games are officially underway, and you know what else is underway, because it began last week, our American League East preview. We're joined by our friend Spencer, who is making history here on Pot on Lansdowne. Our first correspondent north of the border. Our first yeah. Blue Jays correspondent. We we keep saying, oh, we're going to do a full. Do you believe it? Yeah, our third year of doing these American League East 
previews here on the show, and we actually, for the first time, have a person on to talk about the Blue Jays, which, as you are probably aware at this point if you're listening, uh, the Blue Jays are part of the American League East, so it would be incomplete to not have a Toronto preview in there. That's going to be the lion's share of this episode. That'll be later on. We'll talk to Spencer, who's a riot on Twitter, you know, good mutual friend of ours, and uh, we were able to talk with him and uh, talk about big beefy baseball boys. It was a great time. Uh, how the Rogers Corporation is evil, things like that, things of that nature. But a lot of nepotism north of the border. I had no a idea. A lot of nepo babies, and again, yeah. we'll we'll get. We thought into America that. was bad. Yeah, no, <laughs> no kidding. Yeah, no. The the statue stuff goes crazy, but again, that that's later on in the episode. Gentlemen, the Boston Red Sox have already reported for pitchers and catchers. Games are underway here, and of course, after Northeastern jumped out to one a one nothing lead the other day. We had to fire off the thank you Red Sox Nation picture, even though the Red Sox actually came back and won that game. But games are underway here. Kind of, I mean, there's some things on the wall in the rest of Major League Baseball, like a couple of games into spring training in that you'd be kind of like, ooh, this is an interesting situation. Like in San Diego, Jackson Merrill looks like he's being primed potentially for an outfield spot, their top shortstop prospect. They really want to get him into the lineup, even though he's only been at double-A. There's some interesting storylines like that. There hasn't been a ton recently with the Red Sox, but I still wanted to pick your brains. But you never know. You never know. Yeah. That's true. You never know. I did want to pick your brains. What are the one or two, like, battles, potentially, storylines in spring training that you, Jager Liam, you, are following this spring because with a couple of weeks ago, we're going to start to see a little bit more clear, clearer picture of how this roster is going to shape up to at least start the season. Jake, anything come to mind uh, look, looking at them? Like uh, I, the last pitching, the last rotation spot, I think is that, I mean, I that's, that's probably the biggest it's really, one. It's really but, all we got, right? Yeah. I don't know what else there really is. I'm, I'm, I'm racking my brain, right? I mean, how, how, I mean, how Whitlock. It's yeah. The, I mean, uh, the bottom end of the bullpen, I'm sh- that's always fluid, but that's not that's not really unique to the Red Sox. Um, uh, maybe like f- fourth bench spot is that? I guess that's a battle. Let's see if Bobby can <laughs> make the squad again. He's already he's hitting, you know, death taxes and Bobby Dahlbeck hitting in spring training. Spring Bobby. Um, but yeah, I guess just how can Whitlock? I think. Um, Right, Liam? Is that no? I mean, all, only other one that that came to mind immediately was uh, Seti in center field. Yeah, I was gonna say. The oh, outfield. oh my gosh, I feel like yeah, that's yeah, a huge yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. fuck, so, idiot. Because I mean, I, based on what Cora's saying, he's like, yeah, like the defense is great. Like as long as he hits, he's he's the center fielder essentially. Where some of his comments, like over the weekend as games were starting, he which... just needs to tread water offensively. Like just be okay. He... Yeah, I mean, it feels like I'm trying to think of a like a like a comp. Um, I, it's Jackie, it's like Jackie Bradley yes, Jr. That's, that's, <laughs> yeah. I was like, it was escaping me. I was like, the I know most there's obvious a, cop like, in the world. He's right in front of me. Um, yeah, yeah. It's just it, it feels like not like JBJ all over again, but it's it's the same sort of narrative where we just need him to hit his weight and yeah, and, and they have... defense is, is gold glove caliber. Yeah, they have different. Uh, I'd like him to profiles. hit a little more than his. Than his he, he's a pretty skinny guy. I don't. Know, his weight. Well, that, that, that's tr- also like yeah. he's not <laughs> a big my, baseball boy. No, that, that's, that's like my, Mendoza line. I, I don't know if I don't know. If, I don't know. And, and I feel like that's kind of my issue. Like, 
I, I, after what we saw this past year, I still think he needs more time in AAA. Yeah, I like, agree. I, which, like, the core comments kind of surprised me because the bat didn't look ready whatsoever in the, the cup of coffee he got in September. It's a free swinger. Um, buddy, he sure is. Um, but the thing that Keith Law uh, mentioned this on The Athletic, um, yeah, he's a free swinger, but even if he chases out of the zone a bit, like at least in the minors, Rafaela like still gets a fair amount of contact for someone who's as, you know, as I don't want to say reckless with the bat, but uh, is liberal with the bat, big shit lib with the bat, you know, vote blue no matter what with the bat. That, that that's how free swinging he is. Um, but yeah, I, I can't. I don't have the exact quote in front of me from that athletic article, but I was reading it earlier today and kind of noted like even if he does kind of swing out of his ass a bit, swing freely, he, he still makes a fair amount of contact. Now, granted, there's a huge jump obviously between the minor league pitching and having to adjust to major league pitching down the line. Maybe pitchers start to figure him out more and those offensive floors start to kind of drop out from under him a bit, uh, where maybe he does need the extra seasoning, but it's just something to consider something interesting. I saw earlier today on the matter, but I think, uh, so what, I guess if we're talking outfield, what to you guys opening day lineup, What's your ideal ideal outfield? So I think I'll answer. Yeah, take it away. Um, I would say Duran in left. Mm-hmm. I guess. Well, is Rafaela making the team in this scenario, or no? Or, or am I deciding it's, that? It's your you scenario. tell me. You tell me. Oh. You are Jake Breslow. Uh, <laughs> All right. Yeah, fuck it. I'll, hey, he'll make the team. Fuck it. I don't know. We need something to be excited about. Duran in left. Rafael in center. Um, Yoshida DHing in this situation. Yoshida DH. And then uh, the, there's a platoon in my mind in right, at least to start the year, pretty straight. Lefty, righty. Um, Abreu. O'Neal and, and Abreu. O'Neal. Yeah. I think you nailed it. That's exactly what I would do as well. I mean, everything about, like, we, we really shouldn't undersell this with Rafaela. There are many publications, many people who believe like he's not just one of the best fielding prospects in all of baseball. They just think he's one of the best fielding players in the entire game, period, full stop, end of discussion. That's yeah. how good, how much of a whiz we, he is defensively. We saw what he was doing at, 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 in shortstop at like double A. Like the, guy, the kid can play all over. So it's, like, an, I, it's outstanding. And, obvi- you know, it, it's tougher to see that value defensively than it is with the stick. I mean, we've mentioned it before on the show, even like defensive metrics don't even totally like tend to agree with each other. It's hard to quantify how good a player is defensively as opposed to offensive metrics and whatnot. We kind of have that figured out at this point, but the value man, he can give you in center field. If again, if he can just, I'm not even saying like a 750 OPS, even if like he's out there giving me like a 85 OPS plus 90 OPS plus, even like a little below average with how good he's playing defensively. I would take that. Here's my my caveat though. Is the rest of the team going to hit well enough? Uh, Yeah. I was going to say the same thing. Like the JBJ years we were, we had offense was David Ortiz. We had Mookie Betts. We had JD Martinez. I think they can well, hit well enough. Right. You never know. <laughs> you never know, Fitz. Fitz, you, you never, never know. No, that is absolutely true. Listen, I was, Yosh- I was thinking the same thing that you never know. Listen, you get Yoshida off of his feet at a left, where he gets another year to be acclimated to pitching. 
be able to set the table for you. Devers, I'm not worried about. Casas looks primed to take a step forward. Mm-hmm. Grisham is a bit of an X factor. We'll see what happens with that. But he, God, he could, I he could be I consistently forget he's on this team. Like, <laughs> like almost almost every day, I'll read his name, and be like, oh fuck, right. That stories happened. entering the year healthy, and he hasn't looked so great in spring training just yet. But it's a small sample size. He's finally having a normal off season, leaning up to opening day. O'Neill, if he can just be all right from the right side to platoon with a Brayu who has high upside. Connor Wong is is a catcher. He's a player. He plays for the team. He's one of the catchers of all time. He, he, they they talk I, about I'm, a Brayu like he's <laughs> like like he's gonna get, have an eight hundred. I'm all I'm all in on yeah. that. Yeah. I really am. I God, I'm so in on that. I like fucking Tom Werner of all people. Yeah, I'd love to see him get four hundred, five hundred at bats. Me too, Tom. That, that's something we can agree now, on. What the fuck does he know? I don't. Who? I mean, <laughs> that's someone from the front full office throttle. was telling him what that would be six or seven wins with better defense last year. Um, there are your so, six or seven wins must, just from from, Ra- from Rafaela, right? Um, but no, if you're pl- if, if that's the lineup there, and again, we saw stretches of this team, even with Story hurt, even with some people kind of in and out of the lineup, even with you know Kike Hernandez being a part of the lineup, you had stretches where this offense last year was anything but a problem. They, they had some great stretches there, like a month or two at a time where they, they could hang with anyone on offense. It was really just a matter of the pitching, specifically the starting pitching. That was, you know, the biggest glaring issue with the team. And again, we don't have to relitigate everything there, but I think if Rafael is eight or nine, yeah, I think the rest of the offense could pick him up. If Rafael makes the team, do they, do they just tell Ref Snyder to fucking hit the bricks? What's the deal there? He's getting paid no matter what, man. It's just as long as the yeah. check doesn't bounce for him. Oh, I'm just trying. No, I'm just thinking like roster construction. <laughs> I know. I mean, I mean, yeah, right. I think they'd have to. No, maybe not. Uh, no, because you, you, you would, a, a, another potential spot, and you get another guy there to swap out sometimes with Duran if needed. Like, what are you gonna have? Five, five and a half no, outfielders. I, I can't. I can't see Six him carrying five outfielders. Even Pablo can play some left. So I'm like, true. I think Bobby. He's, he's making. Yeah, and Bobby team. and Bobby. He's been, if. Bo- if we're talking Bob, he he can play all the corners, so that's more than. I mean, I know Ref is a good glove. Yeah, we're also know. assuming he, that Bob Snyder fucking the sucked the second half of last year. Oh, he was dude, terrible. they were so awful to watch. Yeah, what I think you might need to. I think lefty. you might need to get rid of him just say, to take it out. Lefties, though, man, you know what I mean. No, but this... that was the thing. He fucking sucked against lefties too the whole second half. Mm. I think you might need to uh, get rid of him, just take him out of Cora's hands, because Cora's like Cora would see a lefty come into the game and he, he'd start. The, the Kill Bill sirens would start going off. he go, but Rob, you're in! Rob! Like, it was instantaneous. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I've been looking, hey, let's I've been play looking hypotheticals. Let's play. play hypotheticals. I'm in, I'm in a mood. So we've got... So say my outfield, the one I said, is, is what happens. Those four guys. You go Duran, Rafaela, O'Neal Abreu, okay? Say they all play well. We're, we're, we're cooking. It's great. Never mind. Actually, I think I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> you can't, Jake. You well, can't. I was, you know, was going to say Roman Anthony. Where, where, where do we? Th- all these guys are young. Roman Anthony. Where does he go? I don't know. Roman Anthony. Two walks. He's got the eye. He's got a major league eye, folks. That's what you I'm. Got, that's you all. You got I'm a saying. stroke for a hot second. I was like, okay. That's, I, yeah. I, I, well, I was. I thought you know this might be a ridiculous thing to talk Jake about. Jake Biden. Right? I love doing stuff moment. like that. <laughs> Whoa, Fitz. 
Jake Wallinger is co- incompetent. He is unfit to be on the podcast. <laughs> can 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 Roman Anthony play defense? Do we do we do we we got we got uh, do we know that? I think he's fine defensively. I, I, I certainly let's see what our let's see what our reviews. friends at Sox prospects have to say. Well, you know what they say: the best defense is a good offense. As long as he's stroking that thing, be Red Sox believe he can stick in center long term, but others oh. believe he ends up in in a corner. No, but I mean, if Rafaela is as good as advertised yeah, right. defensively, it's okay. Him... Yeah, no, you, you, he yeah. has to patrol well, the right then... right field at Fenway, though. Tough. I think I, I get your point there, Jake. I still think, for the most part, you you would put your best defender there in center with the range that Rafaela yeah. could have. So I want Roman Anthony up by. Uh... Memorial Day? By Memorial Day, yeah. I don't think that's going to happen. Patriots Day? (laughs) No, Patriots Day. (laughs) No. I don't... I think he's going to debut this year. When they go 2-8 and on the West Coast. I I actually do think he's going to debut this year. The way everyone talks about him is like he's he's Christ. Like, he's he's not even 20! He's not even 20! He's not even 20. Going back to what Keith Law was saying, he was practically... Like he had to light a cigarette, it seemed like, after watching Roman Anthony swing. The, the, the Dude, way yeah, every, like, I'm high on Meyer and, and Teal. I think both of them are going to be good for us. I, I like I like to think. I, I, I put a lot of stock in that for my hey, mental health. you never health. know. You never know. But Roman Anthony, the way every single prospect evaluator talks about this kid is like he's fucking, like, I I've I can't remember the last time a Red Sox prospect like Mookie is like the last time a Sox prospect was talked about like Roman Anthony like they're like this kid like he's right am I can you guys no, think of I, another the, that Mookie's the first one that comes to mind where it's like um he like he's Jesus what, down in Portland just, uh, they're doing things. all all of a sudden he's knocking on the door um I remember like Mookie I feel like Mookie came out of nowhere because we were so focused on Bogarts um. Even, even like Devers was in the system at that point. I think uh, we were excited for Swihart too. We were excited uh, for Swihart. We were excited for uh, like was it was it Gavin or Garen Jacini? I I can't remember which was which. Garen, Garen, Garen was Garin, ours. Garen was ours, and I, I remember like Garen was blowing up Double A the same summer Mookie was like coming out of nowhere, and I was like I don't know, like I think I like Garen better. And then Mookie, of course, like <laughs> debuted by mid mid July. Garen um, Garen Cicchini's lasting legacy is is Derek Jeter's last hit was like a chopper to him. That's like his only. I was there. I remember. I was like, oh, and now, I was at the, Jer- the the Darren Cicchini game. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he fizzled, but yeah. I, Roman Anthony. I um. It's hard not to be completely Excited. enamored with yeah. everything. You, yeah, like I. I think uh, I think we I think we may have something there. Yeah, and, and listen. Oh my we, god, we, was it was it ball four in either his first or second at bat the other day? It was like an insane take on a curveball, literally right at his knees. Just spit, and I was like, spit how, at it. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, how are you taking that? In, like the first game of spring training, and like whatever your first at bats with the big league team. It was like, I don't know. It's one of those moments where you're like, how how does he just like have that composure? If a prospect has a great eye, that's like my main indicator. Mm. Like, oh, he's got it. He's him. He's that, him. You can, that. Yeah, you can almost you know it's set like, your watch like to at least yeah yeah. I'm God, trying I, to lo- think, I like, love a good plate approach. Yeah, and it was Ooh. that's why you were never nervous about Casas last year, even if he came out to a slow start. It's like, look, he's still trying walks. He's still having good takes. <laughs> His OBP was still like 300. Even. <laughs> yeah, he was yeah. hitting like 120, and he was still getting on a 
great enough of a, of a clip. And then from like May 1st onward or whatever date it was, you can pick whatever the fuck it is. He, he ends up mashing the ball and looks like he's primed for another great year and great career going forward. Um, and that could be the same thing with, with Roman and, and listen, you know, we, we've got, we've done this song and dance before as Red Sox fans, where it's like, Ooh, we're really excited for this prospect and can't blame him. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, fans for getting excited, but frankly, the Red, since the start of this podcast, we've the, been correct every time. Right. The, the Red Sox this. hype machine, historically speaking, sometimes inflates it a little bit, but it, this is not, I don't think a, a matter in regards to Anthony, where this is just Red Sox fans hyping up their own sort of goods. It, it does seem like it's a consensus, like, oh, no, this kid this kid can fucking rake going forward. So that's that's a nice little development to, to have. That makes me happy. Sure is. Rome is red. Yeah, and I mean, that's like the sickest fucking name ever, too. If Roman he pans Anthony. out, I mean, that's like, that is a 90-grade name. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there's 5,000 different directions you can go in that in that regard so that might, that might have to be the first pll shirts we're going to take a i stuttered all over myself there jeez we are going I'm, to I'm, take i'm sleepy joe yeah, listen, get... listen here jack we're going to take a break here yeah. uh, corn pops coming corn, up after. corn pop yeah. <laughs> corn pop on now coming up corn next, pop, live on the pod it. yeah right so when we return we have our full interview with Spencer, our Blue Jays correspondent, to continue our AL East preview. We'll be back to talk some more socks after that. But first, ad time. History here on this edition of Pod on Lansdowne. History in the making, a very first in our show's tenure we have a friend north of the border. We finally, at long last, have a Toronto Blue Jays correspondent. His name is Spencer. At Spence, I'm counting, That's I think that's six underscores after I think after there's the six, Spence. Yeah. 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 At Spence, six underscores on Twitter. Spencer with the dinosaur emoji at the end of it. Our brand new, brand spanking new Blue Jays correspondent to continue our American League East preview series. Spencer, thanks for coming on, man. Thanks for uh, tuning in. I don't know if like there's an exchange rate on like the, the internet connection because of the U.S.-Canada connection, but regardless, we appreciate you having uh, having you on. Oh, thanks for having me on. I'm, I'm pumped to talk some ball, some Blue Jays ball, so I'll, I'll do it anytime. You know... Again, I, we, we've been trying to get someone on because we've done these AL East previews the last couple of years now, but they've been incomplete. Uh, we had Rose on again last week for the Orioles. That's been consistent. Uh, Emily Nyman for the Yankees has been consistent, a, a recurring guest for the show. Uh, Rays here and there, but no Blue Jays. Uh, and honestly, I think a lot of that comes from, I, I can't speak for Jake and Liam. I can't speak for you guys, but... Blue Jays Twitter. I don't follow too many of you guys. What's the vibe over there on, on Toronto sports Twitter? Because I, I might need to dip my toes into it more if it's anything like your posting skills, which are immaculate <laughs> so far from what I've seen. Um, Blue Jays Twitter is very mixed. There's a lot of groups. There's a lot of there's a large boomer population on Blue Jays Twitter, which is very interesting. There's uh, the teens. Uh, that's what I call them. They're like all like the wannabe GMs of, of Blue Jays Twitter. And, um, yeah, then there's a good group of shit posters, which I can definitely recommend. Um, but it is a good group for the most part. It's not very toxic. You get into some of like the Raptors and Leafs Twitters and, and it looks, it looks violent, but Blue Jays Twitter, <laughs> it's usually a pretty good time. It's pretty good. 
Jake, as the as the residential biggest hockey guy here, I was gonna say I can speak from Maple I can Leafs? speak from experience <laughs> that the uh, the yeah. Maple Leafs Twitter is a it's a hostile place that that. Yeah, I could. <laughs> I've had some interactions with those people. Yeah, I think uh, Leafs, and I see a lot of Flames Twitter, uh, like Calgary Flames Twitter people are like, it's it's hell. It's like doxing and very violent. <laughs> oh my, I don't want to be a part who, of that. Who yeah. hasn't dipped their toe in a little doxing? <laughs> yeah, who, yeah, exactly. Yeah, let he who is not doxed uh, throw the first virtual stone. <laughs> So it's I mean that that's interesting to hear. It sounds like Maple Leafs Twitter right up there with like the Beehive, Swifties, things of that nature, uh, K-pop stands, things like that. You don't want to mess with them. No, no, you, you do not. You do not. I stay away from those people. But they they crawl into Blue Jays Twitter like every June, and they're like the dumbest I'll, of the fans. <laughs> I was gonna say I was gonna say all, every all every first week yeah. of May. By the time yeah. the Leafs get eliminated. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. The, the day, and the day was, after Game Seven. Yeah, <laughs> it was it was especially brutal. I remember, like, I was I haven't been on Twitter for a very long time. Maybe twenty twenty one. I started tweeting, but I was an avid reader of tweet, Twitter before, and like the 2015, 2016 season. That's when all the Leafs fans kind of hopped on, and they were at the trade deadline. Just trade the fucking draft picks, and it's like <laughs> no. <laughs> doesn't work like that but they try it's good it's good <laughs> they have it in their hearts but going back to rounders now our little sport that we like to talk about y you know it, it's great timing to have a toronto correspondent on here now officially because i think entering 2024 out of the five teams in the al east i think toronto is the most interesting on account of them being potentially the most volatile of the group I see a wide range of outcomes for this team. I could see them kind of faltering a little bit towards, you know, towards the start of the year and something doesn't necessarily come together. I could also see them going on a huge run because they have that potential within the organization. And Spencer, I, I wonder if you agree with that going into the year because I see a, it's wide open for the Blue Jays. I, I have no idea what to make of them going into this year. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I mean, I could, I've talked myself into them being fourth. I've talked myself into them being as high as second as well. Um, there's definitely a lot of guys on the team who, you know, if, if they have bounce back years, um, you know, Vladdy in particular, Alejandro Kirk, um, and Dalton Varsho. Like if those guys have bounce back years, it could be a completely different team. I think what's keeping me positive is how good the pitching staff is. I believe that's kind of the strength of the team. And it was the strength of the team last year because the offense stunk and no one expected that. So I'm I'm pretty positive, but at the same time, yeah, I could see them being fourth because they didn't do too much to the roster to improve the team. But yeah, I would agree. Well, they certain they certainly tried. They certainly <laughs> yeah, they tried. tried. Do you sure, want to sure. walk us through yeah. that oh. experience, the Shohei Otani experience the ups and downs he's you on went the plane through that. yeah he's on the plane <laughs> oh my take, God. take us through that as a jays fan that's when you could have used the maple Leafs yeah. fans there to dox his location and at the time <laughs> 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 that was a great day it was like a really fun day for me because i had like just given my two weeks notice at a job and had signed a contract with another job so like i wasn't working because it was like a wednesday or something when it happened 
So I had nothing to do but be on my phone that day. And my screen time, like I check it. And like that day, you know, most weeks it's like you're on it for four to five hours a day. You know, some people, I know Liam, I think you, you have to work on social media. So it's higher. But I, I remember the, off. yeah, you never log off. <laughs> I remember the Shohei Otani day. It was like, I was on my phone for 16 hours. Like I was just. <laughs> hey, you got to lock in when something like that happens. You do. And it was just such a like fun day. Like, and it was, I think it was just fun to be a part of like, you know, it was great that they were talking about it and it was potential. And apparently they did offer like $650 million to Shohei, which is a lot. Um, but like the tracking the plane stuff was funny. People were tracking the plane like the night before. And then like just all the conspiracy theories coming out afterwards, like, you know, oh, this random account started tracking the plane the night before. And it was the agent using the team as leverage, like all of these fucking crazy conspiracies coming out afterwards. But mostly it was like a really fun day to be a part of Blue Jays Twitter. And um yeah, it was nice to be in the conversation. It was fun. I thought it was fun. I'm looking back at it now and laughing, so I'm I'm all good with it now. And by the way, don't put in the newspaper that he got mad that he didn't sign in there. <laughs> He's actually laughing. Yeah. No, um, Wait, wasn't wasn't the plane? Um... It was Robert Hershevik. Yes, the guy from yeah from Shark Tank. Yeah, Shark Tank. Uh, Shark... What yeah. what is Shark Tank for you? It has a different name. Dragon's Den. That's right. That's right. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. I never knew that. That's yeah. way harder. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, uh, it's way less deals, but the Robert Herjavec was on Dragon's Den and that Kevin guy, like the bald guy was Mr. also Wonderful. on Dragon's Mr. Wonderful. Den. Yeah. So, so he's from Toronto as well. <laughs> so they both started on Dragon's Den and it's like, it's the same show. You can, you can binge both of them. They're the same show, but yeah, he was on the plane and um, people also started having conspiracies because they're like. Oh, the the guy who's Shohei's agent has like speaking conventions, and he knows Robert Herjavec. Silly, silly! Like the conspiracy <laughs> people were tying together. Yeah, but and then and then also like you know you had some like very notable Canadian reporters who were like tweeting like oh it's time, and like one guy who works for a network up here was like, "There's a press conference at six p.m. That never fucking happened." Oh, I forgot was, about that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. Like, yeah. I, well. It was also Morosi was all in on this too, right? He was like, oh yeah, yeah. Morosi he was. was reporting that he was going to Toronto. Yeah, he did. And then um, it's actually pretty funny because I don't know if these DMs are real, but like Blue Jays fans will continuously like reply in his tweets. And then he's DM'd, I think, a few people like, I'm sorry, I hope to gain back your trust this season. I don't know if those DMs are real, but they're funny <laughs> that he even They sound too funny to make that. up, you know what I mean? Like, too... Yeah, like, yeah. Um, but Morosi was all in on it. And then, like, our big network up here, Sportsnet, was, like, retweeting it. And then, like, Sportsnet writers afterwards were like, you can't trust everything you see online. So it was just a bad look for the Blue Jays beat too. It was not Yeah, good. roller coaster of emotions and then of all people <laughs> to throw cold water on it. You're in a unique <laughs> position to explain this and we're on a unique podcast because he introduces the show week in and week out. 
Bob Nightingale being the guy mm. to say, and I quote, Shohei Otani is not in Toronto. Otani is not on a flight to Toronto. Otani is at home in Southern California. Had to have just felt like a shotgun blast at the chest. No? Of all people. It did. Boop. It did. Yeah, but I love I love Bob. And uh, I just always take his tweets at a grain, with a grain of salt. Um, so, yeah, that was a heartbreaker for him to break that news. But um, I love Bob. Respect Bob. Love when he brought bagels to the uh, negotiations. <laughs> yeah, during the start. <laughs> he was the hero of the lockout. Let's yeah. be real. He Bob was. post-lockout has actually been, I think he's been quite strong, right? Like, I, I think he's like America's sweetheart now. He is, yeah. He he, he had a whole yeah. redemption arc. He, yeah. Every now and again, you know, he'll he'll have a typo or What's something. What's his like last that. big gaffe? The Trevor Bauer thing, the that he was signing with the Mets. That was a, like a long time ago now. Yeah, that was like twenty. I think that was, was COVID. That I think that was twenty twenty. Yeah, twenty. Yeah, 20, it was right before COVID. I think it was going right into the twenty twenty. Wow. Yeah. yeah, that off season. No, maybe it was twenty one. Um, it was twenty one. It was going into twenty one because Bauer won Cy Young. Won the Cy Young in twenty. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah that's right. With the Reds. Yeah. Um, like a I love player. Bob. I I always retweet his Osama bin Laden uh tweet every trade deadline, you know that tweet? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the, the Phillies game, the Phillies and Mets game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because then people like see it on the timeline and they're like, "What the? What is happening here?" So every trade deadline, <laughs> I always retweet that tweet. <laughs> so good. I'm trying to find yeah. the, the specific quote. Twi- <laughs> isn't it? Isn't right it now. like like Phillies and Mets fans? Rejoice. Hashtag Phillies fans and Mets fans. No hashtag for the Mets. Uh, hashtag Phillies fans and Mets fans rejoice together. Osama bin Laden is dead. <laughs> every trade deadline i always have to give that a retweet so people see it on the timeline <laughs> and every nba trade deadline i i i retweet the shams one re- reporting that donald trump and melania got covid I <laughs> it's another all-timer <laughs> i was like why is the tweet? nba reporter yeah, that was so bizarre i love those I thought you were going to say the Shams tweet where he's like, hmm, lunchtime, time for lunch. Yeah. <laughs> but but getting back into the actual team, you, you mentioned the pitching staff yes. for Toronto, which is consistently strong. Yeah. And it's obviously led by Kevin Gosman, who I think for the rest of the time is just going to be the consistent, like, oh, he might win Cy Young this year. That's a real, like, you, you you talk about guys who might win the Cy Young. You throw a Kevin Gosman's name out there and everyone else around you is going to go, oh, nice pick for Cy Young. Oh, he's really good, really good. I mean, that split he has is one of the best singular pitches in baseball, and it leads a pretty mm-hmm. solid rotation. I, I know I mentioned that the team, the Blue Jays itself, could have a wide range of outcomes this year, but the staff is strong. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, him, Barrios, who really had a bounce back year last year, um, Bassett coming off like a 200-innings mm-hmm. pitch season, and then Kikuchi, who's in a contract year and had a really good year last year. Kind of like maybe the first consistent full season of his career. And then that number five spot, I mean, Manoa's saying and doing all the right things in spring training, kind of winning back the fan base. (laughs) Yeah, he had a tough one last year. And uh, he looks like he, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) he looks like he's in shape. So that's good. And then there's, you know, other pitching. I'm so sorry to interrupt. I need to call an audible timeout. As a large 
man, myself, can we talk about the mass the Toronto Blue Jays are accumulating? You know, <laughs> I was going to set that up after the pitching thing, Jake. I had a bit going. Okay, sorry. I just... It's... Well, now the bit's ruined. I was going to... You know what? Finish <laughs> the, the pitching thing and then forget you heard this part. <laughs> okay, sorry. I just... Sorry. Yeah, we will get... We'll, buddy, we will get to the mass up in Toronto. <laughs> Don't you worry. I, I do want to get to that. But yeah, you mentioned Manoa there saying the right thing. See what kind of happens. I mean, his upside is still amazing. At, at the end of the day, we've seen what Manoa could do. I mean, what? He came in third in Cy Young or like fourth in Cy Young in 22? Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. This, it's, is, this is going to be his age 26 season. Like... We can yeah, look back at 23 and it's just like, oh, it's just a weird, you know, what's the word? Um, like anomaly? Outli- anomaly, thank you. I, I was going to shift welcome. over to outlier, but yeah, anomaly sort of a year. Could works, just end yeah. up being that. It could be that, like, everyone um, kind of compared it to, like, all the all the Blue Jays boomers giving their real opinions, taking the app very seriously. We're telling us, you know... Roy Halladay had the same thing, you know, like he had one year in his career where he just kind of blew up and like I'm everything always, that could have gone. I'm always comparing <laughs> Manaya and Roy Halladay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, maybe that is the year everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. He stunk in the majors. He went and played like 17 year olds in the Florida Coast League, they, FCL they, League. They lit him up. It was wild. They lit him up. Yeah, yeah, it was not good. And then, like, he got sent down and didn't report. It was bad. So now he's back. He was posting workout vids on Instagram in the office. He's not, he's not talking about tire pressure anymore or any of those quotes. <laughs> no, no he, uh, he did have one really bad spring training quote already. He said, uh, of course, I want to be here. They don't give out World Series rings in the minors or something. like." Oh, I did see that and one. Then the, yeah. yeah, then they make the graphics. and Yeah, exactly. That's just so infinite beam potential. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 the tire one was really bad, though. Yeah, I think that's the crowning achievement. I got a couple of other other ones yeah. here. Um, I, I just type out Manoa quote, and there's like 20 of them on Google Images. Uh, yeah. If Garrett wants to do something, he can walk past the Audi sign next time. I forgot that that was a good one. Um, yeah. Uh, well, listen, I, I think Red Sox fans kind of their their sort of disdain for him came from from he was showing up. With- with showing up Bobby. Bobby Dahlbeck and Franchi Cordero in a game as if <laughs> yeah. as if it's some accomplishment to strike those two guys yeah. out. Russell like, Westbrook yelling <laughs> at the babies in the in the uh Yeah, I remember <laughs> I remember all of us tweeting during that game, we were all like, Okay. <laughs> What's that? What is that? <laughs> Do you think you're special? These guys have like four hundred K's combined this year. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that was uh yeah, he just that wasn't great. And then, and then the Verdugo stuff was the other thing. They have their little. What did he say about Verdugo? He said, like, he called Garrett Cole the biggest cheater in baseball, which was not a good one. He said that on a Serge Ibaka cooking show. And then <laughs> I don't he's really, know. He's a real yapper over there. He yaps. He's a content guy. He's a content guy. He's <laughs> he's good. Now, I don't if... remember what he said about Verdugo though. I think yeah, Verdugo pull that up right d- said something about him. It was like that yeah. he, yeah, because okay. I think he they they got two into certified it. yappers. Yeah, about two certified yappers yeah. for sure. They, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think he like, you know, showed up Verdugo a little bit, whatever in a in a game. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't. He likes to talk. 
Which yeah. I can admire. I like guys like that. But, you know, you can't come out there and get lit up in the Florida Gulf, Co- Gulf Coast League if you're going to talk like that. If you're going to be so, yapping yeah. like that. Yeah. yeah. Now, if, yeah. if 17 year olds use facing. Not exactly. <laughs> if, no, no. Was, yeah. I, I, have, I have the quote here right now. It was just like, he said, Alec Manoa goes about it the wrong way 100%. He was like, you can find videos of him, footage of him in AAA last year Tony Fa- famous Bobby. famously like, guy who goes about it the right way alex verdugo showing <laughs> up on time things of that nature yeah uh, and then and then manoa i guess in response was like coming from him i don't give a shit <laughs> he kind of cooked him he cooked him out yeah that was Touché. good that was a good Touché. one yeah i got his back Touché. on that one the other one's not so much yet this happened on april 5th like the season yeah i remember it was right started yeah, yeah it was the beginning of the year fireworks right off yeah. the bat now yeah, if, he hadn't even that was like when we were still in ah, oh, like it's a couple bad starts from Anaya. It's, it's fine don't worry about it guys yeah well yeah. i i think watching that like i i don't know that was just what did he do he had the yips like what 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 was the consensus like what went wrong there there were there's one report that came out that he showed up this spring training way out of shape like we're talking 300 plus pounds. And I knew that he had that one start against Houston where he was wearing the long sleeves, which is like wearing a t-shirt in the pool. It was like hot outside. <laughs> it didn't go well, you know? <laughs> yeah. I was a t-shirt in the pool kid. I, I'm not afraid to admit it. <laughs> I had a swim shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I once got wicked yeah, bad sunburns was... on my shoulder once, and I had to be a swim shirt kid for for a couple days. I think that's worse than just fun. being a fat kid. <laughs> yeah, that's just embarrassing. Eight months ago, someone someone tweeted it was the it's the first result if you look up Manoa spring training weight. It's just a tweet in all caps. Alec Manoa came into spring training at 320 pounds. <laughs> no way. What? Question mark, exclamation, question mark, exclamation, and it goes on and on. Is it from at Spen with yeah. six underscores at the end of it? <laughs> <laughs> I think that was a legitimate report. Like that offseason, the offseason before when he had just got called up, it was like a lot of workout videos on the Instagram. Then that offseason, it was like, Serge Ibaka cooking show, a lot of lot of nights at Ruth Chris, and then the long sleeves popped up, and it, it went downhill from the long sleeves. So now, I'm if, trying to think one other one other arm the Jays have is Nate Pearson, like totally a bullpen oh, arm now. Cooked, I think, has to be right. I think he kind of. Like, will they ever stinky. stretch him out again, or? No, no, I don't think so. I'd be really surprised if he ever made a start again for the Blue Jays. He was like a top prospect. He was just – he got mono from a garden hose, I think, and then just never panned out. He threw he's, – He's only going to be 27. This, he's only a year older than Manoa. I'm like, when he first came on the scene, it was like the fastball was explosive. And yeah. Never heard he of him. He throws hard. Like, That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And he's had good, good stretches segue. as a reliever. Yeah. Yeah. It's a good segue into the one like, I've tried to do. It, like, there's, I think there's a little delay. I've tried to do this a couple times and segue into this because I'm really excited about this kid. I don't know if people are aware of him, the, the general baseball consensus, but I'm sure you're, Spencer, very aware of him. 21-year-old Ricky Tiedemann. Very excited. Yeah. If, if Just as a baseball fan, that kid looks like he could be nasty. And if Manoa doesn't take a step back, I know that Tiedemann's got – 
like some day-to-day inflammation thing going on right now. I don't know how that's going to pan out, but if he is healthy at some point this year, dude could be legit a stud. He looks really, really good. T- tell us about this uh, this boy, Ricky. Yeah, so Ricky throws the pill with conviction. That's what we can say. He's like the best left-handed pitching prospect in baseball right now. Um, he was touching like 97, 98 in his first bullpen session in spring training. And he was supposed to start the first spring training game, but yeah, he's dealing with some inflammation and um, yeah, I hope that they kind of are able to use him this year and limited his, in- his innings, but he is, he's gross. He's gross. I don't know what kind of role he could play. Um, like he has, there's a lot of depth ahead of him. Like Bowden Francis is another guy who, Rodriguez there, the kid Red from uh, Cuba that just got signed. Yeah, yeah. Like we don't we don't really know anything about him. Like I don't know if the idea is that he is he pitches in AAA to start the year, but Ricky Tiedemann looks like they they want to stretch him out as a starter, and and I think we'll see him at least a couple times this year. I hope I hope that'd be cool. That'd be cool. He's special. Now we're recording this on a Monday to release Wednesday, of course, like Thursday will come around and be like, breaking news, uh, Ricky Tiedemann has to have his left arm amputated <laughs> after this inflammation. So th- that would just be our luck, you know? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. No, I the Blue Jays have a pitching lab. It's working, and I believe in – this is like the one prospect they've kept through these four years of like trying to contend. So I hope it works out for Ricky. I'm a fan. Now, transitioning back to what Jake was mentioning about the mass on this team. You already kind of talked about Manoa. Of course, to quote Carabas, Vladdy Jr.'s ass is a wagon. You've got Kirk, who's mm-hmm. a, a big, beefy baseball boy. Massive. Varsho. Yeah. Varsho has, you know, some mass to him. I don't know if they're going to re-sign Matt yeah. Chapman, but he has, like, Chapman's not, he's not, like, tubby or anything like that. But, you know, he's a bulky sort of a guy. They, they've got some big dudes he's on this team. He's a strong dude. Exactly. Dude, so they yeah. just signed. They just signed Danny Burgers. Fits too. There you go. Yeah. Right. So minor league question, deal. Exactly. Yeah. So it's still within the umbrella of Toronto. So my question the, is: the beefy baseball boy. My ultimate. Might I add. He's <laughs> right. Yeah. Um. Now my question is: Do we think that with all this mass, especially south of the belt, that the cheap pants made by fan- fanatics is that gonna help the team? With their mass, or is that going to be a hindrance to the big, beefy baseball boys up in Toronto? What, what do we think about that, Spence? Tough question. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to <laughs> – you know, I've only watched one spring game so far, and I wasn't looking – like, I wasn't looking too closely at it. But I'm – Kirk and the new pants will be good. I think, you know, it's going to – yeah, this is – yeah, I'm a fan. I think it's going to work out. Double I think it's going to work up. out. On yeah, Thursday Double afternoon. Cheeked up the whole team. Well, you had the what's your ice spice tweet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. Yeah. Vladdy's got a wagon. It's massive. It's massive. He's got a large back. Can I? <laughs> All right. Well, actually, Vlad, that's good that we talked about Vladdy. I where where do Jay's fans stand on Vladdy right now? Because. I'm a bit of a Vlad Jr. truther that I think like he's mm-hmm. a 2021 merchant, um, <laughs> and otherwise like he's a good but not great player. Um, where like, I mean he they gotta pay him soon, so like where's you know 
what's kind of the vibe around? They've got him, some I other think. decisions coming up on the payroll that, too. Yeah, they exactly. Not? Yeah. I mean, it's um, it's a polarizing topic for sure. Like you know, I think uh, I don't know if you guys watch that show at all with Eric Kratz, like the one that's on YouTube for like three hours a day. But Eric Kratz in the offseason basically said, Jays fans are hockey fans. They're not very smart. And people got really upset. <laughs> but, they're, but they're very angry that. people online. That's what they are. We they're very angry. And people got really upset about that. But he's correct. Like, they're, a lot of Jays fans are pretty dumb. Like, they are thinking Vladdy's the guy. This is it. We have to give him a $300 million contract. There's no comp for a first baseman getting that sort of contract. And if you look at his numbers, like last year, he posted, uh, I think, a one F4. Like, if you think, like, if Kerry Carpenter's dad was a was a Hall of Famer, he would be getting talked about just as much. But they had the same F4. Like, the nepotism on the team is just outrageous at this point. Um, so it's difficult. Like, I, he's the one guy who... Maybe he could get back to 2021 form this year. But, um, yeah, some some people say let's extend him. Other people say he's not that good because he's had one good year in since 2019. So it's a polarizing topic. I'm on, I'm on the team of he's not worth the money right now. Let's kind of see what these next couple years look like. I was going to say, when when is his team control up? Is it after 25? believe so yeah because uh, I mean, i'm not sure like i think he came up in 2019 so that may have been super two yeah though you know he may have gone the extra uh, year yeah it was late in the season yeah i think so him Bo, and biggio kind of came up around the same time biggio, the I, haven't, I haven't thought of Kevin biggio in a while yeah <laughs> yeah all three nepo babies kind of made their way up in 2019 and We've been building this core around this team forever. And I, I uh, would pay Bo before I'd pay Vlad, I think. No, no? Oh, for I'd sure. Like, I mean, Bo's, yeah, Bo's sure. ripping like 200 hits a year, which yeah. is nuts. Yeah, yeah. And he's a shortstop. Uh, like his only blunder was drop kicking George Springer in the wildcard game and concussing him. <laughs> but other than that, he's been a pretty good player. Um, he wasn't the best last year, but. Yeah, he's the guy I would extend first before Vladdy, that's for sure. Yeah, he's steady enough. He's going to, like you like you just mentioned, 200 hits a year. If he's going to hit around, you know, high 200s consistently, give you enough pop up the middle. Just, again, just steady up the middle a bit. Yeah, you 100% pay that over the, the question marks, I think, surrounding Vlad Jr. that we you know, we've Do you, just talked about. You alluded to it. Do you think that it's... Like it really is just a name thing. Like if hit, like I mean, I I've tweeted many times that Vladimir Smith. <laughs> like, yeah, like if if Vlad's dad was an accountant, he'd be like Adam Lind or something. Like we would talk about him like Adam <laughs> Lind. Like it's not, <laughs> but I don't I don't know. I guess I, yeah. He's just a confusing, confusing player right now. I I really, I don't know. I I, uh, I like you. I guess you could call it a success. Right, if say he doesn't get back to twenty one, but he at least gets like a nine hundred OPS or something like that. At least that would be great, you know. But he's he's been like pretty mid for for two years now, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, like I, I, I'm with you. Like 
I do think the name definitely helps. And like, I remember when he got called up, like all the announcers were like, Oh, he hit that pitch outside the zone, just like his dad. And it's like, okay. It's like, (laughs) he's just, he's just not that though. Like he, he missed every single ball outside the zone last year. He's not his dad. He's like a completely different player. And I still think like the same thing is like with Biggio, like people prop up Biggio is like, this is the second baseman. This is the guy. And like, they'll post the Felix Bautista home run he hit last year. Yeah. The name is definitely helping these guys out because they're not that good yet. <laughs> uh, and they haven't produced that much other than, you know, one, one year. So um, also to point out, Vlad won a gold glove in 22. And then last year, I think he was one of the worst defensive first basemen. So like it's I I don't know this beyond. was that a na- was that a narrative gold glove or was he actually good I'm a- I'm asking like um, he was good he was good De- okay. definitely you know like there was those years that like Juan Soto got gold glove nominations and you're like what um, <laughs> yeah like it was a little bit of that like I think he definitely won because of that but he was actually good that year he was like one of the better first basemen defensively that year so there's hope yet for rafael devers down the line for us fingers crossed <laughs> yeah <laughs> he he holds a lot of mass too yeah i mean he would fit right in in toronto uh too bad he signed yeah, that extension would love you know him. what i mean he'd, he'd, yeah. he'd be right there you know you, you talk about adding some weight to that team adding another yeah, ass that could be wagon. He's yeah. actually deceptively more fit. Like his face looks really fat, but his body doesn't really match it anymore. He used to be pudgy, but he just never. He has like really big cheeks. Like he looks like he's the baby fat twelve. Yeah, but he's not. He's. Pretty I don't fat. know. I saw he's, that he's picture pretty, of him in the he, background of John. Uh, he did Henry look. Yeah, oh, no, he did look a little yeah, hefty no, there. Yeah. He looked fat. That either, yeah, you're right. That Husky. spring training workout gear doesn't do well for a lot of guys. No, like, I, 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 I don't wear. I can't wear dry look. fit. I won't buy a dry no. fit tee. It's nasty business. You've got if you've got any mass on the chest, it's it's over yeah. for you in a dry fit tee. It's, it's made for models. Those, those yeah. yeah, it's not not good. Not Brendan good. Fraser whale type beat and, and that kind of stuff for <laughs> when you're talking to Rafi. Yeah. Now, Wait, so so I gotta I gotta ask. I'm looking. Uh, I didn't realize this, and it's actually kind of shocking to me. They haven't won a playoff game since this window opened. They've no. lost in the wild. They lost in the wild card in twenty in two games. Lost the wild card the last two years, both in two games. So what? Yeah. What gets them over the hump this year? Um. Well, we hung a banner for twenty twenty oh, for making the wild card. Yeah, so that was pretty big. In unprecedented times. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But they didn't hang a banner for the other two years. Um, Well, that one year we were an eight seed wildcard team. Like we, there was that one fake year. Uh, And they were like way ahead of schedule and they played the whole year in Buffalo. Um, The other years, like I really, like that's what's kind of frustrating about this team. Like we were better like the Blue Jays were better than the Mariners team that they lost two and two. They were definitely better than the Twins team that they lost two and two. What gets them over the hump? I mean, um, it's the it's the core actually showing up and, and delivering. I think that's been the biggest issue is that since 2019, we, we called up these three guys. 
this is going to be the core of the team and let's let's build around them. We've had good off seasons every single year since we had the George Springer off season. He's kind of slowly breaking down. Oh, and the year before that, we had the Ryu off season, which, you know, you look back at now, it's kind of funny, but like he was probably a top three pitcher on the market that year. Uh, we had the Gosman off season when Robbie Ray left. We had the Chapman trade. Like Blue Jays the last couple of years have done really well in the off seasons, but the core hasn't shown up. Um, well, I, and I think that's I wanted the big to ask issue. you this <laughs> off season specifically. Were you surprised that they? I mean, I know the Otani thing aside. Were you surprised <laughs> they didn't add another piece? Because I really was. I thought like Bellinger would have made a lot of sense for you guys. Um, I I don't know. I just expected something I always wonder is how come their payroll isn't like, like doesn't Roger, I mean, Rogers owns Canada. No, like, yes. Like how, yes. Couldn't they just have an infinity payroll? Like why does it, how is money even real at that taxpayer point funded guys? team? Yeah. Yeah. Like it's, it should be like, we technically do have, I think the richest owner in the MLB, but we've had like a top, 10 payroll the last three years like it's yeah it's no i know like, it's high i just mean like i'm yeah like, it's high it should be the highest probably i mean realistically i think you know back in the 90s it was um and they're out there offering guy like at one guy 650 million dollars true but i and and they're pouring a bunch of money into the stadium as well um cup holders like the stadium yeah cup holders, cup holders yeah. This year. <laughs> that's right that's yeah. good that's pretty huge. That's pretty huge. Um, no longer will I have my drink kicked over by someone passing by me in the in the row. Um, so they're like spending the money, but like you have to show that you can like you're actually doing something with this money. And and so far it's produced zero playoff wins. And uh, unfortunately, their ownership is like a board of directors. It's like a bunch of people that probably don't give a shit about baseball. So I think that yeah. makes it it tough. I wonder um, what that's like. Yeah. What am I bitching for? Yeah. We have four fucking rings. <laughs> Shut up. I, yeah. Sorry. And Liverpool that won so yesterday. Good. Like, that's a win for the Red Sox, right? Not for me as an Arsenal Red Sox fan. Not for me. Well, I guess uh, you beat okay, Chelsea, okay. though. So, because I, yeah. I, I, listen, I hate Chelsea more. Did I it, we did that. it for North London. Does Rodgers own yeah. any other sports teams? Or are they... Does Rogers a, a, own, a portfolio um, like like they don't own the they, Raptors, do they? They own a, a piece of the Raptors. Okay. They own a piece of the Leafs. They own a piece of the soccer team. Like they're invested oh, okay. into that company as well. They have the, the naming. I, I'm sure they own some pieces of some hockey teams in Canada. Yeah, it's a I lot. think they have. I think they have the naming rights of three of the seven arenas that NHL teams play. <laughs> yeah, that Canada. sounds about right. They have Rogers Place, Rogers Place, Rogers Center, and Rogers Arena, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. And they own, they also own the network that the Blue Jays games are on as well. And then, you know, everyone's cell phone is Rogers. So, yeah, they own the whole country. They're a very (laughs) bad company. They're like a terrible, terrible company. And like the owner, like everyone compares that ownership family to the succession family. Like they are shit people. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was gonna. Do you so, have like do who's do you the have Kendall like Roy a, of the Toronto Blue Jays? Guy, <laughs> like, do they have a face that Blue Jays fans could be like, "Fuck this guy"? 
or is it like yeah, his name's his name's uh, Edward Rogers. Oh, Edward uh, Rogers. That makes, sense. And, that makes uh, sense, doesn't it? Yeah, he hangs out. He's just he. His dad started the company, so he, I guess, is the. But he doesn't want anything to do with the company. He like hangs so he's out more at like Roman, and, at least early on, Roman Roy. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, yeah. So he hangs out at Mar Lago and doesn't really care about baseball and. But his dad is the only statue at Rogers Center. In Mar a Largo. It all comes back to 45, man. (laughs) (laughs) There's pictures of them together. So, wait, did you say he's the only statue outside Rogers? Yeah, we, that's like our biggest complaint of the arena is that like, we have like this walk off home run to win the World Series. Yeah, and you yeah he doesn't have a statue. statue? What? <laughs> you should, you For should Halliday? Have you yeah, have one no of the idea best pitches the last couple team. of decades, right? It's no, there's just some old 70 year old guy that's the only statue of Vernon there. Wells, like... even no, no Alex Rios, like Korea. just Alex one Rios. old guy. <laughs> I'll go with the, yeah, no the Vernon Wells statue, no Frank Catalanato in there. Come on now. <laughs> Um, John McDonald home run on Father's Day. Or, John yeah. McDonald, 2013, 2013 world champion. champion. John McDonald. I mean, Jesus, dude, Joey yeah, Bats yeah. with the with with the bat throw against the Rangers. That's an easy statue that Iconic. you can make. We we should, but no, it's just oh, one Jake. one old guy. Jake, I don't that know if I'm giving. Him a, I don't know if I'm giving. No, I mean I'm giving. I'm giving the walk off home run. A, a, a oh, before, yes, before Joe, that, Joe Carter should be in yes. that brand. Yeah, Joe Carter. Yes, hundred yeah. percent. But I'm just saying on top or, of like or Halliday, dude. I would give a random stolen base from Alex Rios in 2007 over a fucking 70 year old. Teams owner, are too. You know? Teams are too conservative with statues in general. Statues are like the coolest thing in the world. Every team should have. I'm sorry, small tangent here, but I went to a hockey game at um, Crypto.com Arena the other night, and they have... Are you sponsored by them? You get paid by the mention of (laughs) Crypto.com. It's got to plug them. (laughs) Yeah, but they have, like, where you enter the arena, there's, like, eight or nine statues of, like, of Kings and Lakers players, and it's fucking sick. Like, it's, like, Mm. Luke Robitaille, Gretzky, uh, Shaq, Kareem... George Mikan probably there, too, you know? Yeah, they're, like, they're all laid out, and it's, like... Everywhere should have that. That's so cool. Like statues. Yeah, it rule. is cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, it is cool. Like the Leafs have a really cool one where it's like, it's like all the Leafs legends and they're like on the board. Like, oh, like it's when they're actual, hopping on the ice, right? Yeah. Yeah. He's hopping the boards. Yeah. Like there's some cool ones. That, and yeah. I think that, you know, people want Kyle Lowry to get a statue too. And I honestly think he deserves just one. his ass. Uh, but the Leafs, just his ass. Yeah. It'd be huge. <laughs> yeah, it would be huge and always a little bit worn out than the rest of the statue. Um, yeah, like, <laughs> you rub it for good luck. Yeah. Going in. The Blue Jays don't have any, and it, it makes me upset. Like, if you walk to the building and you didn't know baseball existed, you have no idea a team played there. It's a very weird stadium. So, yeah, it's like an old guy outside. That's the only statue. And every time we te- I text my friend, I'm going to the stadium, it's like, Please meet under our telecommunication father statue, at, and I'll see you there in ten minutes. Jake might be onto something. Like they need to start building more statues in general of important figures, not just not owners, but like even if it's just pop culture figures. Because I don't know if you know this. A tangent to the tangent, bringing it back to British soccer, Fulham, Fulham Football Club, the team there outside their stadium, the mid-sized team. You know who they have a statue of outside? I give you fifty Beatles? guesses. None of you will get that. it. 
You're, are, is, are you going to tell me they have a Brian McBride statue? No. Is it is it Dempsey then? It's Michael Jackson. They have a statue oh. of Michael oh. Jackson outside okay. the stadium. Which uh, Michael Jackson? Which which Michael Jackson do they have? The uh, he is wearing a silver coat. He has the sequin glove. He's kind of doing like a jump on okay. like toe kind of so kind of deal. Kind of in the middle, Michael. Jackson. It looks pretty scary. Maybe this will be the episode picture. But is I'll, I'll I'll send it. I'll send it into the group chats and I'll send it to you, Spencer, over Twitter. It, it's. It's horrifying looking, and I remember it's in this. It was in this book called The Club, which is kind of about like the business aspects of the Premier League, and the owner of the team at the time. I'm trying to get their name right. Um, this is I'm stalling here. That's terrible. Yeah, it's it's horrifying. Uh, commissioned by the club's chairman Mohammed Al Fayed, it was removed by his successor Shahid Khan. Um, it, so it, it's, it was not there after 2013. It, Liam, are you looking at it right now? No, I haven't seen it yet. Okay. I'm sending it into the group. Shahid, the, right the, 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 the Jaguars, Shahid Khan. Yeah. Same uh, way. yes. The very same. Oh, yes. okay. What so, the fuck? so he played a concert at Craven cottage at Whatever. that park once. And like the guy was just inspired by it. It's like, oh, everyone right. should know the beauty of Michael Jackson's music and we should remember him. That looks like a, a video game screenshot or something that looks like a that that GTA is san like, andreas loading screen. yeah it's, I don't, something about it yeah i don't like that one bit that's no. unveiling the reception. Like that the statue was unveiled on april 3rd of 2011 uh before fulham's game against blackpool the reception of the sculpture was almost all negative it was described as key and received comments from some fulham fc fans such as we're a laughing stock. It has nothing to do with football, <laughs> and it makes the club look silly. I thought it was an April Fool's joke. Uh, Spencer, if you were gonna give, if you were gonna build a statue outside, what's your what's your pick? And it can't um, be a baseball player. It can't be a baseball player. You one know, baseball player, I, one I, that I couple. Play. They should put a statue of that couple fucking in the, up in the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> that should be. That would be great. That yeah. should be there. That should be like a permanent. Well, we had, we had a, where they were, that exact same room. <laughs> I want that like a permanent. Like, you know, in Camden, it has like all like the plaques of like where the balls. Yeah. And stuff. Oh, like Sammy Sosa <laughs> hit one here in like 2000. And it's went, a memorial. <laughs> yeah. We had we had fans. Uh, we had one video, two fans fucking in the arena in the 500s last year. As yes, well. that I remember that. Around. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of <laughs> huge. That was big. Was that in response to the fans from the A's who were doing that, or like did that prompt the A's fans? <laughs> that was to before. That? It was so. before. Yeah, trends to fuck off. Like a <laughs> they had a fuck off. Yeah, like a week before, they had a fuck off. I I don't know who I would put. I know that if you go to Crypto.com Arena, there's a yep. They got you too. The, wow. <laughs> they have a Taylor Swift banner. Raised there. I mean, did you see that? Last oh yeah, time? MSG. Yeah. No, I didn't for see Billy that. Jo- but uh, MSG has it for Billy Joel. Yeah, Madison Square Garden has a couple of those too. They have Billy Joel. They have like a fish one too. Or... Yeah, uh, we, we have one at uh, we have one at Scotiabank Arena, and it's kind of cringy because like you're looking and it's like all the Stanley Cups, all the Leafs players, the one Raptors championship, and then a Bon Jovi banner. Like it, make, <laughs> it makes no sense. Yeah, TD TD Garden uh, doesn't, have, doesn't have room for those phony banners in, in TD Garden. <laughs> but you know what place did have room for some phony banners to bring it back to Bon Jovi? This relates. I still think the most embarrassing banner in Boston sports 
was the 16 and 0 perfect regular season banner for oh, the New England yeah, Patriots that's... at Gillette. That yeah. was oh, that's bad. That was bad. And that's they had bad. it there for a while, like it was like five years or so. Then that like a Kenny Chesney yeah. No Shoes Nation banner like right next to it, so it just shows oh, you the importance God. of a 16 and 0 season without a Super Bowl ring. You go fucking figure. So, anyways, Spence, to wrap this up, I want to get you know elevator pitch your head and your heart where you feel how the Blue Jay season will end in 2024. What, what do you honestly think this season holds uh, for our friends north of the border? I could see this team uh, finishing in the division second or third. Uh, I think that the pitching staff will carry them again. I think that we'll see a couple bounce backs. I think Vlad has a good year from the start. I think Bo has a good year. I think IKF is a monster addition. And we and and same with Justin Turner. Um, but I think the guy who oh, has yeah, like, the big bounce back. How, how oh, I you forgot. Yeah, I forgot about that. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. I wanted to ask well. you guys about treat that. Treat him well. Yeah. Was he, was, did you all love him? He's a yeah. delight. You're, you're going to yeah. love him. Yeah, we're all, every like, pretty much every Red Sox life. fan is collectively oh pissed that we let him walk. It's just yeah. it had okay. it for a year, you yeah. know what I mean? There, yeah. There's not many guys who could just play yeah. for one year and, you know, he, he leaves and everyone's like, oh man, like he was, he was awesome to have around, but. And he's, no, he, and he's just so young. Yeah. <laughs> professional. <laughs> he's a professional hitter. That, that, that's sure, what you can say yeah. about him. Just he, when, when the, whenever they come to Fenway first, I know he's hitting a home run in that first game back. I just know yeah. it. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. probably going to be off like a Nick Pavetta curveball. Him and Vladdy will go back to back <laughs> off Pavetta. Vladdy's always nice. good for That'd one off nice. the uh, the Green Monster ads. Yeah, and just the the stare down, and and then we don't see a home run. Last year, he didn't hit a home run until June in the Rogers Center, something like that. It was off. Oh, that's right. Picture. Yeah, so I think he's always a little better on the road. He loves playing in Boston for some reason. He's good there. They'll but, trade for uh, yeah, I think they finished... and he'll go ham too. <laughs> <laughs> um, I feel like they finished second or third. I feel like they sneak into the the wild card, and I feel like this is the year that we at least win one playoff game. I would love for that to happen. I think that would be a very big win for Rogers Communications Incorporated and for the, the city of Toronto. Yeah, it's gonna help those uh, th- those board of directors there if they can get a win there. It's gonna make uh, make those suits very happy. They'll love it. They'll love <laughs> it. Yeah, exactly. Spence, if people want to find more from you, if they want to follow along with the Blue Jays during the season and beyond, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter.com. It's the only place at Spen with six underscores. Um, I don't look for the Gengar. Articles. Look for the Gengar. Yeah, look for the Gengar. I don't write articles. I don't do analysis. I just, I just tweet. I just a true react. posters poster right there. That's I real. That's so that. real. Married yeah. to the game. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Spence, we appreciate it, man. Thank you for taking your time. Would love to do this again next year. If there's anything else to follow up on with the Toronto Blue Jays, we now have our correspondence. So we'll we'll keep you on retainer. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Thanks, Spencer. We're back. Pod on lands down here. Jake Fitz and Liam at your service. Again, thank you to Spencer for giving us some insight north of the border about the Blue Jays. False start on the 
Jordan Montgomery sweepstakes, it seemed like, to, to begin this week, gentlemen. We're recording Monday night for a Wednesday release. Um, the, the, the saga, the, the cosmic ballet goes on, to quote the Simpsons there, Jake, uh, on yeah. Jordan Montgomery. Cosmic, can anyone want to switch seats? Um, but <laughs> Jordan Montgomery's still unsigned, even though it seemed like for a hot second, ooh, maybe something was going to happen. Ooh, they had a Zoom call with Jordan Montgomery. Ooh, but it was like two weeks ago. You never know. You never know. It's getting kind of exhausting at this point. Yeah. Like, I'm not I'm not going to blame a guy for trying to get the most money that he possibly can, but, like, like we're planning, like, St. Patrick's Day parties right now, man. Like, it, it's almost time to play. Just, I was, just, um... just sign, sign with the Orioles and just put me out of my misery. It's SpongeBob crying, saying, just get out of here, you stupid, dumb animal. Like, it's... I, my heart can't take much more of this. Right, Liam? I, no, I, I, I do feel like... Uh, at least over the weekend, like we saw Bellinger sign, and everyone's like, "Oh, like that feels like a Boris fumble." Um, yes. So, uh, and I just think at this point, whoever signs Montgomery, uh, they're obviously getting a good pitcher. Obviously, I still prefer it to be us, quite frankly. Um, <laughs> uh, astute observation, like, like, there, Liam. Um, <laughs> That's why you come here to pawn on Lansdowne for that but, hard-hitting analysis. <laughs> but I just, I, I don't think you're. I think there's something to be said for being in camp at this point already. We've seen guys hold out before and then they get off to slow starts. So like say we end up with Montgomery. I don't think you necessarily see him until mid April, end of April, maybe even early May. You have to build a rapport with the catchers and what there's that. And and I know obviously he's been training all off season, but I I still think there's something to be said for like being at a complex with um, seeing game action, you know, right. Right. Seeing, Live batters. I mean, he's a position player versus a pitcher. But Trevor Story two years ago was a fucking catastrophe coming out of the gate because he didn't have he didn't have a spring training. He had like a week and a half or some shit of spring training. And that's kind of like my worry. I I mean, sure. Like say say we sign him and we tread water in April. Like I'll feel fine if he's joining the fold. You know, right around May first. But I, I don't think like for any team he signs with, they're they're getting the best version of Jordan Montgomery until close to Memorial Day. Yeah, but like five starts in, you would you would think. But yeah, guys, guys, what are we doing? <laughs> we're 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 ironing out the Jordan Montgomery signing that has not occurred. It will not occur <laughs> really, for the Red Sox, probably. Yeah, we're like we're like, gosh, is he gonna be right come May? I don't know. Like, what the fuck? What if the Red Sox are in what first? Is going by then? Imagine adding yeah. Montgomery to that. Wow, we yeah. won twenty games in April. <laughs> yeah, eat your heart out, Rays. Your thirteen <laughs> wins in a row to start the year, huh? How's twenty six? And you're adding Gumby. Um. You mentioned uh, Boris, by the way, and I, I, just a quick side note to that. Um, Jordan Schusterman from Cespedes Family Barbecues said that the whole Bellinger situation is kind of weird because it's it's a different version of Cody Bellinger that we just saw in 23. So teams are still kind of iffy on how to evaluate him. So that's kind of why the deal he got. He said, like, if Blake Snell, who's coming off a Cy Young Award year, if he gets a kind of underwhelming contract – it might be curtains for Mr. Boris. It, that, that <laughs> when you find out your goat is washed. <laughs> from this point on, things will never be the same. I, I don't know. I Yeah, I mean, I think he overplayed his hand with these guys. Um, but they all, like, 
Montgomery's the only one, really, I think that is so ob- like he so obviously overplayed his hand. Because it's like, who doesn't, I mean, evidently everybody, but who doesn't want like just a workhorse kind of, like he's not an ace. He's like a good three, a, a, a really good, or a really good two, a so- or, what am I saying? A really good three, a solid two, like a top half guy, um, just reliable. Like he's just kind of the, like the epitome of like a reliable starter and it's he's almost March. Eddie. Yeah. It's. Because, again, I've mentioned this before, and I'll say it again. Bayo was the only guy north of 150 innings last year for the Red Sox. You look at Montgomery's workload the last three seasons, 188 and two-thirds last year, 178 and 22, 157 and a third in 2021, over 30 starts. Still making 30 starts. I need that. I need that. We need that. that. How much that. that would help the rotation. I remember I was I was thinking about this before we hopped on tonight. Um, and I remember this must have been November or, or early December, sometime between the midst of the holiday season. And I jokingly said, like, hey, if we get to, like, the eve of truck day and, like, Blake Snell's still out there, throw something at him. No, but Liam. No, 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 no. I'm no. That's that's not the point I'm making. Okay. The point, <laughs> the point, like, the no. Point, the point. It's the, like Braveheart. Hold! Is, don't give it to him. Hold! Hold! The point is just that it's actually absurd that the reigning Cy Young winner doesn't have a team. Like, what other sport is this happening in? Can you imagine, like, the defensive player of the year in the NFL, like holding out until like the third week, the second preseason game to sign with a team? Like, I, the. It's, it's part comp- of a larger conversation, and I understand the concerns with Snell because he's only gone 180 innings twice, and it's the two years he's won the Cy Young. But where else does this happen? It's, like there's it, something there's something fundamentally broken with the sports offseason. The it, game it, is gone. Yeah, <laughs> what happened to the game? I love the only like, <laughs> like NFL. You see it like every so often, you know what I mean? But it's like with one guy, like the Le'Veon sure. Bell situation. Like he sat out like the entire year his contract thing. Okay, that happened the one time. I remember, like, in the late 2000s, guys, like, I don't know if it was Ocho Cinco. Well, Terrell Owens had a whole thing with, with the con. I remember that. But it, these things happen every so often. Like, um, Chris Jones with the Chiefs. He was out for the first game while they worked on. Well, he was holding deal. out. That's not even the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm like, I'm like these the, guys aren't, like, vocally. Right? No, but he was, like, he, was, he was. He was. On the roster, like yeah. that's not even the same. You know, that's yeah, these completely... are di- right. It's yeah. I, I'm just trying like, to think of the closest possible thing. Close, to... Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you what, though, as a as yeah. a Bla- as the resident Blake Snell hater, I do feel a little vindicated on that front. Like if nobody wants to touch him. Nobody, nobody <laughs> wants the fucking guy. But um, Bellinger, I also understand. Like Fitz, you were saying, it, it, he's such a unique case. Like an MVP, and then he's like falls off sub sub replacement level and then he's good again like you but really he, don't he's know he's good for different reasons like yeah, he was way like more selective completely confusing what he is trading a little bit of his power for the contact aspect showing off his defensive skills it was way different profile than when he was doing you know his first couple of years in LA yeah. so yeah. it was teams um, are kind of like what's going on here and now, yeah. now he gets another chance to bite the apple if he has a good year and opts out again next off season we'll see but yeah. Oh, if, that that's a, that's a good. I'm glad you brought up the opt outs. I am not interested in all at all in the 
signing Montgomery to a contract like that. Like if that opens he's up and he's like, yeah, I want out. That's I'm like, yeah, I'm all set. I, Cause then yeah. it's like, Oh, we're stuck with you. If you suck, like, right. <laughs> you know, I, <laughs> we're not in a position to be, no, yeah, I, I don't rely, want, I don't, I do starter. not under any circumstances want an opt out laden deal. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't, I mean, how much fucking longer? I don't know. It's like the, what JD was the most, was the thing I remember the most, like of a guy holding out, and he had he signed he today. Was, he, he would have been February twenty six years ago today. Six years ago today, February oh, twenty six. So yeah, I mean, like it's sun's getting low here, boys. I, I don't feel, know. I, talk about a guy like Matt. Chapman. Sun's coming up. Like, the, the, like for the season, it's not sun's getting low. Sun's getting high. Right. Games right. are here. The Sox <laughs> can't be hiding in the shadows. <laughs> I, I think the funniest thing, and Jake, I, I've been with you on the whole like pump the brakes on Blake Snell thing. We've talked about this on, on the podcast before. Don't have to go get into all of it again. The funniest possible situation, I think, objectively speaking, would be the Red Sox getting Blake Snell for a song. <laughs> multi-year deal like oh like that's actually really yeah. good value after months of us being like no yeah. absolutely not no Blake Snell. Yeah like to give him like, like four years like 18 a year i'd be like oh wow yeah shit that's pretty good he gets like yeah, Seth Lugo's that, contract. No, i mean yeah listen i would take him if if we're getting if it's getting ugly for him out there i mean that's the other thing we have no fucking idea where the market is like we know that it's not what they imagined because if it was what they imagined they would have been signed by now but we don't know specifics like I I can't even fathom what it's on the they table for these guys was, at this what point. What was the report from the Yankees side of things? They offered they gave Snell an offer, but it was like half of what he actually wanted. <laughs> Are you that far off? <laughs> I got let me I'll try to pull it up while we uh, Yeah, and I, I tweeted something something similar to this thought a couple days ago, but like, you know, there's Am I pissed off the Red Sox haven't just ponied up and paid Montgomery? Yes, because we need him, frankly. But also the other end of that is like thir- 29 other teams haven't done the same thing. So is he just asking like a preposterous number compared to what he like? It's we don't really know, you know, but you think like maybe because it's March and he hasn't signed yet. Um, but yeah, I <laughs> I'm stumped. I don't know. You never know. You never know. Yeah, you never know. Liam, what are you looking up over there? Guy in the chair. Uh, okay, so apparently, uh, according to Nightingale, the Yankees offered Snell five years, 150, before they pivoted to Stroman. I don't think oh, he's geez. getting a better deal than that anywhere. Jesus Christ. Wait, are you just getting that down? What is that, 30 a year? Three, six, nine, twelve. Yeah. And this was this was February 18th. What do you so, want more years? I mean, you're not getting more so, than thirty a at year. At this point in the offseason, yeah, who's gonna who's gonna go to like thirty two? It's or thirty five, whatever number, right? Who's gonna yeah? Who's gonna do that? Holy sh- okay. Right. And then according to Heyman, on February first, the Yankees were apparently willing to go past the contract they gave for Rodon, which was six years, one sixty two, and Snell's camp still said no. Yeah, Scott might. So what are we, Scott what are we, might be what washed. What's the math on Scott 162? might be washed here? Scott, I don't know, man. Scott's been it. spending too much time thinking up those fucking analog- analogies and similes and shit. Yeah, that he, that he shows up when to, you sign yeah. Bogarts, you'll <laughs> see that X marks the spot or whatever. <laughs> yeah, 
Whatever the fuck you said. <laughs> Don't worry. As of February 9th, though, the Angels have not rolled out snow. So, yeah, that'll definitely happen. And Scott- Montgomery, I believe. That was this morning, which, whatever. If Montgomery goes to the Angels, fuck him. I, I have no respect. Yeah, then at that point. For, for anybody that signs with that team. Tells me everything I need to know about him. <laughs> loser. That's a loser mentality over there. <laughs> <laughs> he, he got his ring. He got his bag. Yeah. Well, I'll see you never. Via Condios, right? Um, I'm still laughing at the idea of Scott Boris being a limerick merchant. <laughs> <laughs> who was who signed He's this offseason? He's had it too good for too long. That was his. Was anybody that signed this offseason his? Like the big one? Any of the big fish? Well, Bellinger outside. But besides that... um. He's not with Otani. I don't think he represented Yamamoto. No, Yamamoto had that guy that he kept posting pictures of on the plane. It's not Boris. <laughs> yeah. Rich or something was his name. Yeah, I don't. Maybe he's. I mean, he's old, right? Scott, Scott? Scott Boris is just Robert Frost with a fan craft subscription. Scott Boris, he's 71. Maybe, maybe, maybe the game's the game has gone by him. You know, game's gone. Who knows? Emoji for the week. Uh, paper writing thing like you're writing a poem like you're uh scott oh, boris tyler, po- tyler o'neill scott, scott boris poet laureate <laughs> take it over from uh dick flavin <laughs> may he yeah, rest nobody... in peace oh he's got jd as well yeah this guy's fucked i don't know what's going on over there over over that boris corp uh, it, it's they're a disaster well, it's right a, now it's all, it, it also feels like they're just like tur- they're, they're turning offers like jd got an offer from the giants and yeah like, oh my god he's matt that. chapman too yeah it's He's like all of Scott, the guys that are the... left. Scott, wrap it up. <laughs> wrap it up. The wrap Scott. it up button. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the, it's over. On. Yeah. So is there a problem with baseball or like Scott? Bo- I mean, these are all Scott Boris guys. I think everybody. I think one is its own anomaly. Two is a coincidence. Three is a trend. And now we're at four, maybe even no, we're five. At five. JD. I was, yeah. Well, I was going to say, yeah, Bellinger. This is a, this is a Scott yeah. Boris issue. Because so many of those yeah. guys are going to set the market for subsequent guys, you would think, right? You know, if there are any other, like, kind of mid-tier, lower-tier, usable free agents left, you'd have to think they're waiting for some of the other dominoes to fall. Or maybe not at this point. Maybe they're like, dude, just get me to a camp. <laughs> yeah. uh, hmm. All right. Well, yeah, that's... Uh, hmm. I, what can you say? I don't know. I mean, we've been saying... We've, we've done this show every week <laughs> for three months now, being like... Yeah, I guess. Oh, spin, uh, spin zone on Boris. Hunjin oh. Ryu is his client. He just oh, yeah, he got a deal he, at the age of 37. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, he, no, he cooked there. For, Sorry, Scott. 17 billion. Scott, um, I do an apology. I wasn't familiar with your recent game. <laughs> <sighs> what else do we yeah, have? Yeah, I don't, I don't know what else. What else do we have going on? Yeah, anything else we want to talk about before we do um, Song of the Week and, uh, Call the uh, new catch, new catch at Fenway. We're, we're Heinz Ballpark now. Oh, that's huge! Fenway. Huge so for that's, my that's beloved girlfriend massive. Sophie, who who would bring Heinz ketchup into the park with her. Oh, uh, don't really think you're allowed day. to do that at uh, Fenway Park. So maybe, maybe the food will actually be better this year. Um, I'll tell you what, that chicken sandwich up on the Truly Terrace, though, that <laughs> love it, love it. Should we do, we should do Fenway Park food reviews? That's what we're bringing Johnny to get on. Our TikTok on. Yeah, John, we've been we've had Johnny in our back pocket for for two years now. Yeah, he can get yeah, us can, good yeah, stuff. We'll have Johnny just bring us the food. We won't pay for any of it. We'll just he'll just he'll sneak wine and dine us. He'll backdoor us the fucking chicken sandwiches and pot on brought to you by Aramark. 
listen, I'll take that bag. That and the Rogers uh, bag and the uh, Crypto.com bag that Jake got. The Jake's been All plugging. three of those. Please and thank you. I've got my song of the week. Jake, you want to lead oh, us off then? God. Well, I've got two. Let me. Um, okay. Yeah, I got mine. I got mine. Let's hear it. I'll tell you what. Uh, I didn't love her last album, but Don't Forget Me by Maggie Rogers. That's a special mm. tune. That is a special, special tune. Yeah. It's a good song. And that's mine. And that's mine. I'm very excited for her upcoming album. Yeah. When's that coming out? Mm, I don't know. April, maybe. I'm going to start sucking my teeth more. Like, so it's really good. Really good. Um, what do they call that? Like a, like a mental pause or whatever. Like when you, when you make a note, like, uh, there's a word for that. Like when people speak and they don't know what to say next. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? I'm doing it right now. I, I know. I, yeah, but I don't know. There's a, there's there, a word there for like a word the noise people make when they're not saying word, like in between like, words. They're like, um, ah, like, eh, mm, uh, but I'm going to, I think I'm going to become a guy. Frankly. I like that. Frankly. <laughs> yeah, I do it already half the time when I'm doing my fucking Trump voice. So why not? Yeah. I told you first song of the week when we're doing the previews, I was going to do a song related to the team that we had just previewed with Toronto. Uh, their most famous son. Uh, give me one of the cuts from uh, What a Time to Be Alive. Uh, give me Live from the Gutter, Drake and Future. Uh, That's a good song. Uh, Kick rocks. Uh, sorry. What, 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 what Drake song would you go with? Which I wouldn't have gone with Drake. I'm not a Drake do, guy. Do you need a one dance? I would have gone with Biebs. Bugatti Fitz Biebs. And, uh, Fitz yeah. and Garrett Cole, big Drake guys. They're, they're really into Drake. Garrett Cole likes... I, I'm more the, I like Future more. It was more of there like was, a, I wanted yeah. to throw there's a clip of Drake. Him, uh, loves his Drake. There was a clip of him. It was at the All Star game this past year or two years ago, and they asked him like, "What's on his like pregame playlist or something?" And he's like, mm, "You know, been really into Drake recently. Uh, really into Drake." This so. little, this little <laughs> underground indie, artist. I don't know if you heard of him. Indie artist. Uh, <laughs> yeah, <Drake>. right. <laughs> it reminds me of the uh, the clip, not this past Super Bowl that Mahomes won, but last year when he went on. I think it was Jimmy Kimmel. He was like, "Yeah, the after party had uh, DJ Khaled. It had the chain smokers." <laughs> I don't know why that that kid, that clip always fucking kills me. It's just his know. voice, his stupid yeah. voice. It's insane. Yeah, but James Him and DJ Collin was there. Yeah. <laughs> Liam, song of the week. No, going... you, you you changed it up. You're going with a peppy now. I did. Yeah, I switched the, it up for the, for yeah. the second half. Oh, uh, Liam, yeah, what happened to the game? Pepe. What happened to the game? I love. Where's, where, where's I, I got, Liam? I got I one. Love. I got one ginger ale left. You're saving that for me. That's that's mine on the end of April. Put Jake on it. Untouched. Yeah. I'm Sorry, going heat on, heat on the street, Phil Collins. Been listening to Ooh, Phil Collins. Phil Collins, I love your work. And by that, I mean your daughter, Lily. One of my all-time celeb crushes. Yeah, she's easy on the eyes, I would yeah, say. Yeah, unfortunately, though, he is, I believe, a deadbeat father to her. So. No. Yeah. Well, That's Emily him, in Paris. Speaking That's of him Emily beating things, he's yeah. a fucking powerhouse on the drums. Phil Collins' music, dude. <laughs> Yeah. Fucking rules. Fitz, you're a music historian. What's the what he watched a guy die? What's the what's the whole thing? That's the theory behind the song. I don't think it's based in reality. I, I think... don't get it. I feel like what's so what's the big deal watching a guy die? I'm sure a lot of people have seen people die. I don't like I don't watching and like not having like like not preventing it. You don't you, you don't see why that. Well, what do you how long? What did he get shot, stabbed, <laughs> beat up? I, what happened? I don't know what happened. Well, it, do you one know of the, the lyrics story? is that, uh, well, I remember you were drowning, is one of the lyrics. 
Well, what if Phil? Well, I don't know. I don't. I, but again, I don't know. I, I think that maybe drowning one of those could be like quick. urban legends sort of things. Background and recording. Let's try to inspiration. Collins wrote the song amid the grief he felt after divorcing his first wife, Andrea Bertorelli. I don't know. But in 1980, so I, I don't think so. Lily Collins was probably born late 80s, if I had to guess. Yeah, um, in a 2016 90s, interview, right? Collins said of the song's lyrics, quote, I wrote the lyrics spontaneously. I'm not quite sure what the song is about, but there's a lot of anger, a lot of despair, and a lot of frustration. In a 97 BBC Radio 2 documentary, Collins revealed that the divorce contributed to his 1979 hiatus from the band Genesis until they regrouped in October of that year to record the album Duke, which is a good album. Uh, Collins, yeah, I should new new song. Turn it on, Genesis. That's uh, changing my answer. Are you more oh, of a wow. Peter Gabriel yeah. or a Phil Collins guy? Nah, I'm still Phil. Still Phil. Yeah, I would still say Phil Collins. No, well. Although, Phil. you know, Peter Gabriel is, is good too. Um, Collins remembered playing the song to Mike Rutherford and Tony Banks, but he felt it was way too simple for the group, which is fair for Genesis. Uh, Banks, however, said says he had never heard the composition. Um, yeah, I, get, I, I think the whole, like, drowning thing, like, ooh, he was there. It's, oh, you know what? On Wikipedia, Urban Legend. There you go. An yeah. Urban Legend has risen <laughs> has arisen about in the air tonight, according to which the lyrics are based on a drowning incident in which someone who was close enough to save the victim did not help them. That's what I'm talking about, Jake. You, didn't see, you don't see why that would potentially... Uh, while Collins, who was too far away to help, looked on. Increasingly embellished variations on the legend emerged over time, which the stories, uh, with the stories often culminating in Collins singling out the guilty party while singing the song at a concert. Collins has denied all such stories. And he gave Isn't a there like comment. an Eminem l- lyric where he talks yeah, about Stan, it? You know, you know oh, that, that's remember that? Yeah, he, Phil Collins. Yeah, that's yeah right. when, he, when he drank the fifth of vodka and he dared me to drive. Remember that song, Phil Collins, in the air tonight? Where's Lucy Burge when you need her? She's the big Eminem fan. Um <laughs> But yeah, that we, should, we should make our own urban legend, like Red Sox. Urban yeah, you, let's think of one right now. Let's, let's, let's think of one right um, now. Um, I, we should cut uh, this because oh, oh, Jake's oh, about her, to go off the fucking rails, I can I tell. Got, I got, <laughs> yeah, I got yeah it, you know I got what? It. I'll come back next it. week with a list. I, I was going to say um, they, they took the Coke bottles down because they found Jake's hanging man inside one of them. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah, or just bodies in the Coke yeah. bottles in general. They took there, the Coke bottles There was bottles a body down. inside the green monster. <laughs> Bruce Springsteen song about taking down the Coke bottle. They took down the Coke bottles <laughs> in my hometown. <laughs> they above the pike. <laughs> what happened to my city? They used to have Coke That's a good one, Liam. That's a good one, Liam. I really yeah. like that, actually. Yeah, that's well, they never come back, because Coke put a, a dead person in one It was a legal liability. It was a lot of hush-hush at that moment. <laughs> yeah. you know? If you know, you know. I like that. Yeah, let's roll with that. Let's start telling that to people at games and shit. See if we can spread it around. Random, random people next to us. You know, remember those bottles up uh, on the light tower and left? They found, a bo- they found somebody's they, foot in there. The three bodies. It was each in one bottle. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it was a family. The crazy part, they all worked for Whitey. This <laughs> they, all, they all worked for FSG. They all worked for FSG. They all tried to hand out multi-year contracts. <laughs> John Henry said, you're going to be sleeping with the soda. <laughs> sleeping with the Coke Zero. <laughs> All right. Was there Coke Zero up there? Yeah, right. It, it was, was Coke Zero. Coke for Zero. And, yeah. 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 So, all right. Is that all we got, gents? I think so. Yeah. Fuck it. Legend, yeah. So. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Let's just call it there. Put a pin in it. Yeah. Yeah. Obey your mother. <laughs> <laughs> for Jake. For Liam. For Spencer. 
I'm Fitz. You're you. Thank you, as always, for taking your time out of your week to shoot the shit with us about urban legends and baseball and urban legends about baseball. We will talk to you next week. Until then, go Sox. And like Jake said, obey your mother. Obey your mother. I, th- I think next week we'll come up with a cryptid. But, yeah. Obey your mother. <laughs> great season have fun and knowing that better times are ahead for the baltimore orioles oh damn you mother